What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed. Come in now and save 600 bucks on select Sleep Number 360 Smart Beds. Go to sleepnumber.com slash ham. And brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code ham for 20% off and free shipping. Now to the segment. Let's, uh, let's start with the thing that um, I mentioned at the top of the podcast, which was the game I was doing with your boy Gottlieb on Saturday night. Uh, a little backstory. I'll play some of this for you here, and you'll get more backstory. But basically, Oregon's best player, if you're not a college basketball fan, is a guy named Peyton Pritchard. He grew up a couple. Of, he grew up in Portland. Uh, his best friend since they were like five years old is a guy on the team. He's also on the team. He's a grad transfer. This is his only year with the Ducks, so he's a senior. His name's where's he from? Anthony Mathis. Um, they grew up together. And they. But I'm saying, like, what college did he transfer from? Oh, New Mexico. Gotcha. And um, so he was a Division One dude. Yeah. Big and uh, Peyton Pritchard's parents took Anthony Mathis in in like the seventh grade and became his legal guardians. Wow. So Pritchard's parents actually walked Math- Mathis out on senior night. Also. Uh, so they're very close. So that leads to this. Con- this is only part of it. It actually, this conversation with Gottlieb started like a minute and a half earlier and I kept trying to avoid, but he just kept backing me into a corner. I didn't want to be viewed as a self promoter, but uh, I couldn't get away. So uh, take a listen. Second three. How many times do you think they've done that? 10,000. Malcolm Gladwell. 10,000 hours. Very nice. Nicely done. Uh, they, they're I mean, outliers. Is that what you're saying? They're out- who is who is your Anthony Mathis? <laughs> I mean, I have an answer for mine. I just want to know yours. Why don't you tell me who mine is? Dante. I don't know who yours is. The question: Who is your uh, Anthony Mathis? Is yours Greg Gottlieb? No. I don't even know what it means. Who is the guy that you've done worked with the most? Who is who is the guy? Oh, you've... well, that's easy. Who? Good friend, John Middlecoff. All right. Three announced the podcast. Great podcast. Downloaded on the Herd Podcast Network. All right. It took a while, but he pulled it out of me. That was good. That was good. You think 
Do you think he went in with that plan of attack? I to know. Get you to say I the name? know he did. I knew yeah. that he did. That's why I was fighting it off. But <laughs> had to be said. And I know there was people listening to that who know who John Middlecoff is, who had no idea who Guy Haberman is, and hopefully I picked up a few Instagram followers because of that. Do, do you think your relationship? Because I mean, I know him through I, people that don't know. I go on a show every week. I've just got to know him the last couple of years. That he knew that you knew me, made this major broadcast, he, like he just was comfortable or just would have been as normal. Like, did it change anything? Um, you he knew someone mutual, like, probably. Because otherwise, That's, you wouldn't have known him, right? At all, you'd never met him. I've met him once at the Final Four several years ago because we had. We, I had a mutual friend that's a coach, but not, I don't know that guy. I haven't talked to him in years. Hardly, you know, it's not even close. So yeah, I think it's always just when you have a mutual acquaintance or friend or however, whatever people have, you just, you start like at a different place when you begin a conversation. So you've done, you did a game this year with Bill Walton, with Gottlieb. Had a good year. Yeah. Solid year. Solid year. So anyway. uh, All right. The, uh, Twitter suspension. Tell us what happened. Okay, there was a tweet. I think I saw Vic Tafer retweeted it. And it said the Princess Diana or whatever that ship was called. They had tested 40 people on the ship of like three thirty five hundred. 20 of them came out positive for the corona. And the tweet was like 21 people positive on this ship. And I quoted the tweet. Mm. And I simply said, sink the ship. Mm. Of course, Twitter thinks I met with all the humans. Not, I, I don't mean actual at Twitter. I, I meant just people, people on Twitter. Yeah. People are like, <laughs> the insensitivity. You're a, you want mass murder? There's fucking little kids on this. Like, guys, yeah. I, I take the people off the, 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 uh, the ship. The healthy ones in bubble wrap. The corona ones, I fly them away in a helicopter or something and sink the ship. Because let's be let's be real. I, I'm not. I don't know anything about the cruise ship industry. I'm pretty sure that that specific ship, and who knows, these things are worth I, I don't know, hundred million dollars a ship. The insurance on these ships, ever since that boat called the Titanic went down, I would imagine the insurance premiums for these cruise liners are. Would you Would you guess pretty high? Yeah, I mean, I, I and I think. A, uh, the Royal Caribbean Oasis of the Seas ship cost one point four billion dollars, a hundred million. Jesus. Low. Okay, so these, these are they're really. Think really about expensive. a yacht is like several. Yeah, you're right. It could be like fifty million. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's you're you're, you're talking like At least basically a mo- like how how much would be like the Ritz Carlton in downtown San Francisco, right? If it was on a ship, but it's even quadruple the size of it. Because right. they have like it's, eight restaurants in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so I said sink the ship. People thought I wanted everyone murdered. I did not want everyone murdered. I wanted to sink the ship. Because ultimately, the ship is getting destroyed one way or the other. I don't know. I mean, it's worth a lot of money. Like, they're going to claim that they deep cleaned it and everything's good. I don't think they're okay. going to take it out of service the more I think about it. Yeah, maybe they won't. Maybe it's too expensive. But then... But your point was, this ship is unusable. We've got to get rid of it somehow. Yeah. Like, the ship, it's like, fuck. I, I, I'm not a cruise guy, but I'm never getting on that. So, you get some blowback. Twitter overreacts, whatever. I, I wasn't even, honestly, I wasn't even trying to be really funny or whatever. I just like sink the shit. I, I didn't even think about it that much when I tweeted. Course, I really was not that's usually trying to get goes. the reaction. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you realize, yeah, I, I guess if I could have rewarded it, I would have said, remove the people, sink the ship. Then there would have been no reaction. At about nine o'clock at night on Friday night, I get a notice. Maybe I try to log into Twitter as I'm laying down. I go, I'm going to bed early. 
and I can't get in. And it's like, and then it takes me to this page. Your tweet has been flagged, and you either can press this button called remove, and it removes the tweet, but it says, like, the tweet has been deleted because of insensitive material or whatever. So I, I don't necessarily, like, you're backing away from the tweet, middle cuff. Like, I, I'm not deleting the tweet. It's forcing me to do it. <laughs> or you can appeal the suspension. So my first move is like, okay, I'm going to appeal the expense, suspension. So I appeal it. I press appeal. And then you write why you're appealing. And I'm like, listen, guys, it's pretty clear my several tweets after. I wasn't, it's not about death. I don't want anyone to die. Like, it's, it's very, very clear what I was saying. And then I and then I pressed appeal after I wrote that, and I realized you will go to appeal process, and until it's heard, you will be blocked from Twitter. But it didn't give you a timeline, so I'm like, well, could that be like a week? Wow! Like I, until until I it's Periscope. adjudicated. Yeah, like I, yeah, my business, like I kind of need to know what's going on. Like, what if Brady signs? Like, what if we got to react? Yeah. I don't know. You just, I got to tweet out my my podcast right the scope the whole thing so i just i I waved the white flag and i said well they got me by the balls and you know i i kind of get where they're coming though i i thought it was a little kind of crazy but what so you took your 12 hours like a man huh <laughs> you know when when people never understand when the guys like you do a guilty plea even though you're not guilty just to end it. That's what I felt like I was doing. I just said fuck it, remove it, let me back on. But then I was suspended for 12 hours from seven to seven or eight to eight or whatever the fucking time it was. So it didn't really affect me because it would be the middle of the night. When you're suspended at whatever level I was suspended, you can still scroll Twitter. So I was, I was like, okay, what not that bad. You can't you can't like. You can't retweet mm. and you can't tweet, mm. but you can still scroll Twitter. You would think your screen time would go down when you're under a suspension, but the answer is it doesn't. So, what do you think I was you in found the wrong? God? Did I did I deserve the suspension? Did I do the right thing by just no? You didn't deserve the deserve the suspension. Yes, you did the right thing. Do you think like you just think that, yourself? Am I dying on this hill? Yeah, no. Everybody is so mad, but only based on the premise that other people are mad too, and so they have to be mad. I think Twitter specifically with what is perceived as threats or like inciting violence or anger towards a group of people, they're obviously very sensitive to that. I was I did a little research on what gets people suspended. It tends to be stuff like that, right? Like Alex Jones. You and I, saw, I, I, I read a little bit. I, I read the word violence multiple times. So, so, like, sink the ship? Is that a violent act on the ship? Like, or is it more they're factoring in there might be people I think, on the ship? I think they, they are factoring in that, like, I think it probably fact, it takes into account that people thought that you, like, to me, if a bunch of people are like, oh, yeah, I know what Middlecoff is saying. He's not saying murder people. And there were a bunch of replies. Maybe somebody reported the tweet, like, as offensive. That could have happened. I could see that. I could see that. Um, But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I no, it's stupid. I know, but stupid enough that it's not worth fighting. There's no doubt about that. And, and you also realize in your moment of like, well, if Twitter kicked me off for good, would I be better or worse off? It's like I am. Depends. Sad to say, I am a little dependent on Twitter business wise. Yeah, worse right? off from a business standpoint. Your health, your mental health might improve. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't get mad at like random shit in the middle of the day. <laughs> I got no business get. I, you realize how many things did we get mad a lot in like 2004? Yeah, I mean road like, rage has existed in for the history of yeah, time. But but I just mean if you're just sitting there at your desk, you I think like, so. It was like, have you seen this letter to the editor? 
<laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. My goddamn Wi-Fi. I'm re- I was no, reading your. I was reading your column. You're you're right. You just got mad at like. There's no more fucking water. <laughs> you know. You just get you get mad at other shit. You just your anger. You're gonna get angers. But guy, it's impossible. Like this. Like the other day. Like why am I even getting beginning to get mad? Like God damn it, Kyrie got another coach fire. Like why do I even give a fuck? Like what? I don't. I don't care about the Nets. I don't care about Kyrie. And I found myself like God, Kyrie and Kevin are fucking ruining my NBA. You know, it's like this fucking Kenny Atkinson got the raw end of the deal. I've heard Kenny Atkinson for like ten minutes on a Woj podcast three years ago. He seemed like well, I know nothing about the guy besides people just seem to like him. And I'm like, Kenny Atkinson's getting screwed. And I realized, guy, I'm getting triggered. Over a coach with a Brooklyn fucking Nets getting fired because I think we kind of know why he got fired, but it's like I don't need to be angry at this. I, I just don't. Now it makes for a better you could take. say. Well, you John, you would have got you would have had the same reaction whether it was 2009, Twitter didn't exist, and you just went it, read it on like si.com, right? Or you know the headline would have been on ESPN.com. Kenny Atkins is fired. Yeah. You still would have had the same thought. Yeah, that's probably the bad example. It's more like. Other people in the media's reaction to a story. It's like, this snowflake! And I'm like getting mad. It's like, oh my God, John. Why, who even cares? All right, a couple NFL stories. Uh, Calvin Watkins of the Dallas Morning News says that Dak Pres- Prescott has an offer on the table um, with $105 million guaranteed dollars in it. Take it or leave it? Uh, leave it. If, if, he can get if more. Jerry said take it or, if, if Jerry said take it or leave it and you were his agent, what would you say? Uh... I would say leave it. You wouldn't accept that? I think he'd get more money. Now, he'll get franchised, so I probably would take it. Yeah, I would take $105 million guaranteed. But Jerry doesn't get to say take it or leave it, right? So I wouldn't take this one. But you're right. If, if it was that or get tagged, I would take $105 million. I, I think that, to me, given that Wentz and Goff right around there, that, that seems more than fair, right? It's not like they're offering does, him yeah. some slap in the face. 82 million. It's like, guys, you know, can you give him like 95? 105 feels more than generous. A win win for a guy that I think there are questions on. We all like high character, good player. I, I got one for you. If he was a free agent, would he get more than 105 million dollars? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, Kirk got what did Kirk get? 90, 82? Yeah, I think I 86. 86. So, yeah, I think he's someone would give him that. I think so. You'd think, yeah. But you just, I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. But he's young and high character, and he's pretty good. Facing See, Amar- I, I, I guess Amari said that he wants to be a cowboy for life. He said that, like, multiple times. I, I just, Guy Haberman once had a take that Amari was a lock hall of famer, and I agreed with him. I don't know where I stand on Amari anymore. I don't have I, that take I, anymore, by the way. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like it. It looked like it looked he like was Jerry Rice, John, great guy. Yeah, well, he, but he was so good those first couple years. And the thing here's the thing, guy. He still is really good. He had career highs last year. I've just seen some numbers floated around. Like I would struggle giving him like seventy million dollars guaranteed. And I, I think the problem is. This is where Jerry wants to get this contract done because you'd like to get Dak done and then be able to franchise him if the CBA passes. Because if you let Amari hit free agency, because you'd have to franchise Dak unless Tom Brady's coming, you're going to get into a bidding war. Just ha- think how many teams like around the league just need receivers. And there's never been – every year this happens in free agency. Well, there's never been more money in free agency. I-, I-, I could not get into a bidding war for Amari. And I'm someone like you who used to love the guy, but I – I'd have a price point. Yeah. 
probably be about fifty million. And and I'd be I'm not naive enough to know. Well, someone's probably give him eighty. Well, fucking take. It's it. tough. I mean, you spent a draft pick on the guy too to trade for him. First round pick. Yeah. How about Trent Williams? I kind of I just kind of assumed that. Uh, Ron Rivera would be able to smooth things over. Trent Williams will be back in Washington. But it's not going to be the case, doesn't look like, because he had permission to find a trade. And it seems like people are interested. The Browns, the Jets are interested in him. Um, the Has Texans. he played for a year? Is that good or bad, though? Like, on one hand, I, I, don't, th- might I, be good. I don't think it's a bad thing. Yeah. I, I was reading, I'd the forgotten. He's been, he's been suspended a couple times for weed. Now that doesn't even matter anymore. Uh, he remember there was like a cancer scare because you remember he's like I got cancer and they think it was like nothing and that was like how the fight started. It's kind of it's just he is really good. Uh, could they get a first round pick for him? Uh, Maybe you think he hasn't played in a year. He's thirty one. Yeah, he wants a new contract. That's another part of it. Could they get a second? Maybe. I mean, call, he's like a seven time. Call Bill bowler, O'Brien right? up. He is a seven time Pro Bowler. Apparently, Laramie Tunzel. Needs, needs hurt. <laughs> I I just remember and, left and, tackles and, and Laramie Tunzel's a year away from free agency, so he's going to need an extension. To me, le, to me, the, the the tackle left tackles used to be like just a bunch, like seven Anthony Munozes, all the top guys, just blue collared and didn't hear him bitch and moan. It does feel like the left tackles become a little empowered to act like uh, an NBA type player. Laramie Tunzel. He's like, yeah, I'll just get surgery when I need surgery. So, yeah, yeah, sorry, he's recovering like from surgery. That's the story. Uh, but he's gonna just, be. He, he's gonna. They're gonna need. Someone's gonna have to. They're gonna have to pay him soon. Well, they can. You know, it's one thing. The Cowboys did get two years out of Amari, so it's like, well, they let him go. They gave him a first, but he helped to make the playoffs. Ideally, you'd like to keep him forever, but whatever. To me, the Laramie Tunzel, they don't have a choice, right? They gave up two first rounders and a second. They, they just. It's kind of like the Rams with Jalen Ramsey. It's not like, well, we'll see if the finances work out. No, once you fucking trade those picks, you 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 have no choice. You could argue, you could argue when you trade a first round pick for a player, you almost and this is the the Cowboys should have extended Amari like last year, figured out a way. When you trade multiple ones, typically, at least when I remember following sports, you usually immediately sign that guy, right? It's part of like the trade. It's like, yeah, we're doing this deal right. and we sign a deal on the completion of the deal. Right. You got to give the Bears credit. Like, yeah, we're mortgaging all these picks. Khalil, you are signing the contract the day you get here and you're just a bear for life. By the way, right. uh, Bill Callahan is the is is on the Brown staff now. Bill Callahan. The former oh, okay. Washington head coach yeah, I, is I, now I the Browns you. O-line coach. That makes sense. Uh, we talked at last pod, John, we, we predicted Steph Curry's line. We both actually independently predicted 17 points. He came back with 23, seven assists, six rebounds, played a really good game. They lost to Toronto. He was on a minutes restriction, played 27. Uh, everyone was fired up. That he's back. And then the team announced that he has the flu, not coronavirus. They said, but the flu. So Did you see the highest rated TNT game of the year was Thursday night. I mean, here's a shocker. People watch Steph, right? Like the Warriors, the Warriors being good was great for the league. So guess what? The Warriors being bad is bad for the NBA. Thank God they're coming back you next think year. I did have the thought watching them. Like, I do think they'll compete for championships. But even if they don't, just being not bad, just being good, is going to be really valuable. Not just for obviously them and Chase Center, but the but the NBA. I I, I think depending because he's who worth they the get, price of admission. Yeah, I mean I I think they could be pretty legit. 
just depended on who they had. Do you have a? I, I, did you see the Draymond thing on Friday? Uh, I did see it. Yeah, I didn't really. I'll admit to not watching the whole video and caring that. Well, much, Charles but. didn't. Well, Charles, he didn't say that much. He basically just said, made another joke about the triple singles. <laughs> like he's just a true. He gets triple singles. And kind of called him a front runner, like you know Draymond. When all the your friends are there, you're cool. And now you're just he's missed like eight straight games, and it's this like the knee. It's like Draymond. You were at a fight a couple weeks ago. You had your birthday party the other night. It feels a little fake. I think Draymond is one of the most remarkable heart and soul players I've ever seen. Like a higher level Rodman. But I, I also think him just talking blatant shit about Charles. Draymond Charles is a better player than you, dramatically probably better. He's one of the probably the top 25 players. He won an MVP in the NBA when Michael Jordan was at his peak. So I'm pro talking shit and all this stuff, but I think sometimes some of these younger guys act like Charles, just some clown. When you watch that that documentary on the Dream Team and all the dudes, like Chris Mullen, Magic is like, yeah, the second best player on this team, and it wasn't close, was Charles. And it was like, this was it was Michael's team, but Charles was the right-hand guy. Like those two guys eviscerated the world. Like Charles is one of the greatest players in the, as an alpha led a team to the NBA finals like, as the guy I just I'm a big Draymond guy I just and I get it he talked some shit about you so you got to fire back but he kind of just acted like Charles is some clown he doesn't belong talking about basketball it's like come on man yeah I I think they're both wrong um I think what makes Charles great is what would make Draymond great if he wanted to do what Charles does when his playing career is done I think um I would handle Draymond the same way like I would not I would not play Draymond much this year and wouldn't have much issue. I think you said on the last podcast, you can't let Steph and Clay do all this stuff. Excuse me. And then expect, and then just like, but hey, Draymond, you got to show up every day. I know you're not hurt and they are, but he's, he's, yeah, hey man, hey man, you need to box out with Marquise. Like I, like obviously Steph is on another level, but in terms of what the three of them delivered to the organization, they delivered it together, right? Steph's more valuable than any, but they delivered it together and they should be treated as such. And they are being treated as such by the Warriors. So I get that externally, you can have all these conversations about, well, he doesn't matter. He like, he's got to do this and he's got to do that. It's like, whatever, man. I think Draymond has put his resume on the table. It's pretty well established who he is and what he is. And, um, I, I don't think this is the year that we judge whether or not Draymond can prove how much it means to him. You know, Comple- completely agree. I, I just, he just acts like Charles, some clown. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, I'm with you. Like, I, I think some people forget. Like, as someone said, you, people understand Charles was Draymond, but like the Michael Jordan version of the offense. Like he's he ran the break faster than Draymond and could pass, and could average. What would peak Charles Barkley average in this league? Where Zion's getting twenty, no one could guard him down low. Thirty-five points. He would eviscerate this no, league. Right? Not hitting threes. Well then, thirty. I mean, he he guy. I mean, LeBron, he but like LeBron's his, averaging like twenty six. Yeah, but I, I mean, you're right. Twenty eight. I mean, there had to be years where Charles averaged twenty six, twenty seven points. Yeah, in a league where he was fucking banging down low with the big guys, and there aren't big guys in the league. Right. You're right. I mean, it's not like you don't. You can't play that game. But he would. He would be one of the best players in the league, right? Yeah. Peak Charles Barkley yep. in the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. He, is he a better player than Draymond? Uh, yeah, I think so. But I, I saw a tweet that if if Draymond was Charles, the Warriors would have won five straight championships. <laughs> is that fair? 
Or is there a defensive element that, like, they would? It, it's hard yeah, to say. I don't like, know about that. Charles yeah. Barkley, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, but they were, in, but they, were but they could have won five straight with him. Yeah. So with Draymond, so I, I'm a Draymond guy. I just I'm a Charles guy too as a player. Agreed. Uh, big big week, John. Conference tournaments all begin this week. Some of them are finishing. I think the WCC's championship game. I think is Tuesday night, maybe, because um, their semifinals are Monday night. Everything else, Big Ten Wednesday, SEC Wednesday, Big East Wednesday, ACC starts Tuesday, Big 12 starts Wednesday, Pac-12 starts Wednesday. Just a shout-out. I didn't uh, – the Pitt crew, which is or- – Oregon's pretty special, man, getting to be there on Saturday night. Like, second Big Five, Power Five, excuse me, program to ever win a, a women's basketball regular season, a football regular season, and a men's basketball regular season in the same academic year. Only Ohio State's done it was there for their game Saturday. The atmosphere was incredible. A couple of the students, the pit crew came up and gave me dry fit, an, an Oregon dry fit. Say, great to have you guys here, which was awesome. And then there was a guy who was delivering the stats who's a student. He's from the East Bay. I was in a rush because I was trying to, they wouldn't let me pee anywhere. I was trying to find a place to go to the bathroom during halftime. And he, we just happened to be standing next to each other. He started talking about the Warriors. So he's a listener. So man, I didn't get your name and I'm sorry, but DM me. Shout out to the Oregon student who's a listener be, from Lafayette be, be, in the East Bay. Be, be better guy. Piss comes second to the podcast. You know, you just it just distorts your mind when you're you gotta go. Know, when you're you gotta, to, how bad how bad the you ushers go. are like stonewalling you from going to the VIP area. You don't want to be the guy. God damn it I'm calling no, this guy. I know you cannot be that guy. <laughs> you can't like oh my God guy hey, I just, give him, I just guy. gave him like the tight lipped look of disappointment. But did you drop like, hey man, I'm calling the games no, or anyway? I had the pa- I said TV media, pa- whatever, not worth it. But um, yeah. but anyway, shout out to that guy. Uh, the dudes at Fox Haberman's over there, like, God damn it, this fucking network revolves around me. Check this is his uh, <laughs> third game this year. He's starting fights. A couple. Th- there was a moment at the at the at the combine where you got to like walk around to get into this room where it's like my shit's right here. I have to walk all the way around. It's protocol. I'm like, I've just filled up my water right here. And you could easily, you see like a couple people like, come on, let me in. And you just realize, okay, no problem. But what it, it takes it takes mature maturity to get to the point in where you just can take a deep breath and realize, you know, it's not the fucking end of the world. But it's but you're you're old, like your 28-year-old you just wants to be like, God motherfucking damn it! I just want to walk in this goddamn door, my shit's right there. What the fuck are we doing? You know? Yep. And you know what's crazy, guys? Some people when they're 50, still snap like that. Yeah. They can't help it. No, no evolution. It's all about evolution. You're, be- you're a better man than most. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medella is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.